You've heard of BetaShares. You've probably seen the logo on our podcast. You might even be among their 1 million investors. So you can imagine that I'm delighted to say BetaShares is the official ETF partner of the Australian Finance Podcast. With nearly 100 exchange-traded funds, you can go to betashares.com.au and immerse yourself in ETFs and unique insights covering all of the sectors, themes, core and satellite positions you could want. Think cybersecurity through the Hack ETF, robotics and AI with the RBTZ ETF, and uranium with the URNM ETF. The list goes on. To explore the BetaShares ETF range, visit betashares.com.au, read the relevant PDS and TMD on the website, and consider if the fund is right for you. BetaShares Capital Limited is the issuer. Is there a Spotify wrapped for investing? If you want to invest in shares or ETFs, our friends at Perla are more than one step ahead of the curve. On average, people who use Perla invest $1,750 every month. That's what we want to see, proper dollar cost averaging. With automated investing tools making your life simple, Perla investors have well and truly mastered the art of investing small bits lots of times. So if you're ready to start growing your net worth in 2024, follow the link in your Spotify or Apple podcast player right now to discover how you can get started today. Thanks for tuning in to today's podcast. Please remember that all of the information in this podcast episode is limited to general information only. That means the information is not specific to you, your needs, goals, or objectives. So you should seek the advice of a licensed and trusted financial professional before acting on the information. And before you acquire or apply for a financial product, please read the PDS or product disclosure statement, which should be available on the issuer's website. Lastly, please keep in mind that past performance is not indicative of future performance. Kate Campbell, we are live. Welcome to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast. A great episode, Owen, about one of our favorite topics, books. Books, <laughs> yes. I know you are a fiend for Amazon Prime. Quick one, if you want to get Kate a present for all of her good work, you can send her an Amazon gift card. Um, <laughs> she loves it so so much that she'll be thrilled. Okay, so today we're talking 10 books that will help you get, uh, I guess, financially fit to level up your money game and your life in 2021. And Kate, we're going to do five each. To keep our dear listeners' time very, (laughs) I guess, high signal, what we're going to do is I've got a stopwatch here, which is my iPhone. I'm going to hit start, and then we've got two minutes to get through our books. So you go for two minutes, I go for two minutes, you know, all the way through until we get to 10, okay? So maybe you go first. With your first book, you got to tell us why it is, why you like it, and bada bing, bada boom, here we go, three, two, one, and the timer starts. Okay, my first pick is Future Fit by Andrea Clark. Now, you may recognize that name because we've had Andrea on a previous podcast episode, but I think her book, it's not necessarily about money, but it's about the future of work and how to build a career that you're proud of. And I think a lot of these things, if you really focus on building your career with intention and you focus on making sure you stay ahead of the crowd, a lot of that's really important to making sure you've actually got the money to invest. So I think it's important not to get fully focused on learning how to invest and not um, focus on um, building your career capital and making your way in the workforce so you've actually got some money to invest. That's 44 seconds, 44.95 <laughs> seconds. Wonderful. I love the thing in her book and just when we spoke to her, how she says, write down the three things 
that pe- you want people to say about you, write down the three things that people say about you and compare the difference and try and work a way to getting towards where you want to be. Yeah, I think it's a great book with a lot of practical insights and listen to our podcast episode if you want a free primer to that. Yep, cool. Okay, I'm going to reset this clock. Oh, I can just hit start, I think. No, I can't. Okay, so I'm just going to hit reset. My book, three, two, one. My book is The Psychology of Money by Morgan Housel, who we've also had on the show, who probably is our biggest international guest, a guest celebrity superstar of the circuit. This is our highlight of 2021, really. Whatever happened, nothing measured up to interviewing Morgan. Yeah. So Morgan's a writer that we've followed for years. um, And he wrote a book called The Psychology of Money, which has passed 500,000 copies as we say this. So The Psychology of Money is a book about how we perceive money. So our relationship with money. And that comes from what society tells us about money, as well as what we think about money. And the reason that this is so powerful, and it relates to another book that I've got in here, another few books, is that most of the time, what we do with our money has nothing to do with numbers and has everything to do with psychology, how we think and how we feel. Some people spend money to try and justify themselves. Some people spend money because it feels good. Some people don't spend money because it feels bad. And so just understanding yourself, where these kind of inhibitions come from, is so powerful. Sophie, who's our design guru, she talks about you know habits and rewarding good behavior. This is just a really good thing. You know, some people... For some people, budgets don't work. I think Morgan brings a common sense approach to it. One of the things he says is there's a difference between rich and wealthy. Wealthy, being wealthy is about all the things you can't see. Being rich is about having a high income. People can have a fancy car if they're rich because they can take out a loan and drive a car. But wealthy, it's all the things you can't see. And I think that distinction is really neat. So that is mine. And clearly, I take a lot longer than you, Kate. One minute, 32 (laughs) seconds and 65 milliseconds. So that is a very long time compared to yours. But yours, I'm going to guess like one of us is going to blow out of the water with one of these. And I think it might be this one because you've got a few notes on this. Your second book, three, two, one, go. Well, I don't think it can quite top The Psychology of Money by Morgan Housel because he, I think the big takeaway from me from that one was knowing when is enough and that stops the goalposts moving. But my pick, I've mentioned it before and... Unfortunately, we haven't had her on the show yet, but How to Decide by Annie Duke. So that was, um, we talked about a bit in our decision-making episode, but I think one of the key things she talks about is resulting and how so often we evaluate the quality of our decisions based on the outcome. And everyone does this. When I looked back at all the decisions I made, I saw that I often did that. But the issue is that we often learn the wrong lessons by using this method to evaluate our decisions. And many of the financial decisions we make critical. Yes, it's good to make mistakes, but if we're making a big decision about buying a house or making contributions to our super when we're young, like these can have a huge impact on the quality of your life down the track. And it's really important that you uh, work on your decision-making process and keep really good records and actually really reflect Um, And not just evaluating your decisions based on the Mm. quality, but actually what decision-making process you put into place in making that decision. And so one of the things she says is like write it down, right? Yeah, writing it down. And she has a lot of resources and I definitely recommend looking at that book because you just, even if you get a financial advisor and an accountant, you outsource everything, there's still going to be some financial decisions you've got to make. Well, even that's a decision. Yeah, that's a decision. So I don't think you can ever really outsource all of your financial decisions. And she also talks about not making a decision is a decision because you've just, you've either 
taken your life in a different direction because you didn't make a decision or you've just postponed it to become a problem down the track. So I think it's really important that you do make a decision and you record it and you own it. Yep. Great. Oh, two minutes. Exactly. Two oh my minutes. Wow, wow, wow. This time is Look giving me anxiety. Now. So that was um, a good one. I think yeah. How to Decide was a great book too. Oh. Uh, resulting is just an, enough for investors. I think it's a great book for anyone. Yeah, <laughs> like but you especially can give it investors, to someone that's not and people that make decisions but... with money. Yeah, because you make decisions based on the outcomes, but sometimes the outcome is completely misdirecting you into the quality of a decision. Like I bought a stock in some company and it went up a hundred percent. Therefore, I am genius and my process works. No, because you could blow it up the next day and lose everything. And so, don't base your decision purely on you know the outcome, which is so good. Um, and she, I remember she had this graphic in a book. I feel like we should be starting the time. She has a lot me. of graphics and a lot of like workflows and different diagrams to help you work through it all. Because it was your book that I was reading, I didn't want to scribble in there too much. But um, Owen is terrible with his books. He always what he calls his chicken scratchings. <laughs> I can't stand. I it. actually get one of the chickens out of the garden <laughs> and get them to scratch it. No, it's um, it's a really good book because it has a lot of graphics and it's really easy to read. It's a page turner. You can like it's before you know it, you're halfway through the book. So it's a really good one. And that's Annie Duke's How to Decide. Okay, here's my number two. Three, two, one. So psychology for busy people is a, a related to point number one. I see a theme psychology here. Psychology of money. Psychology for busy people is by Joel Webb. And it basically just summarizes all of the key principles around psychology in terms of how our brain makes decisions, how we're wired, you know, why we're pretty much just monkeys at the end of the day. And also talks about some of the key developments, like some of the big, he even talks about some of the big psychological institutions and how they were formed and, and kind of their track record and the history. One of the things that I'll call out is the importance of focus. So he brought up this study and he cites so many great studies and, and so many good things I can't even repeat here. But he had this study where a gorilla, people are in the cinema and there's something on the screen that everyone's focused on and a gorilla walks up across the screen and walks back down the other side. And then they do a survey afterwards to say who saw the, the gorilla. And so a few people saw it. And the point was that when you're focused on something, you're focused on the screen, you don't notice everything else that's going on around you, kind of like tunnel vision, right? And when, um, when you're crossing the road with your AirPods on. <laughs> that's it. That's it. And it shows the importance of focus. But then consider this, that every time you switch your eyes between Slack, WhatsApp, iMessage, email, you actually lose 0.5 seconds of your life. And that's because you're changing focus and it takes your mind a second to readjust or half a second to readjust to what you're actually looking at. And this is why the importance of focus, like in your daily routine, whether you're making decisions for your finances or whether you're making a decision at work or even for the well-being of your family, you want to do that in an environment where you are distractionless, where there are no notifications. So I know you are a big one for this. You turn off, like you have filters to turn off notifications and to control your environment better something that I haven't done for a very long time. But now I, you know, I have that thing on my iPhone where it turns off all the apps. And it's just a really good book to think about the way you think. And I think yeah. that's what it all comes back to. So that is me. Yeah, what? you definitely should be controlling your iPhone and using it as a tool and not letting it control you. That's right, Mr. iPhone. I'm looking at you on the table, <laughs> counting our times for us. So one minute, 52 and 70 milliseconds. So Kate, you are up for number three. And now I want you to really pitch it. Just pitch it for people. Just come on, get us over the line. Why do we have to read this book? It's a commitment. Tell okay, me why. this one. Three, two, one, <laughs> go. This one's probably a bit of more of a niche pick, but Banking Bad by Adele Ferguson, and she's an investigative Australian, Australian journalist, and it's all about our big four bank and a bit of the history into them. Now, you'd think that would be really boring, but after the events of the Royal Commission and working in financial services, we all sort of waited with bated breath to see what the 
many recommendations would be and how that would impact us. But I hadn't really understood much about the history and they really shaped a huge amount of Australia. And it's it was fascinating to learn about how they came to be like this really powerful four pillars um, and how much control they have and all the mischief they'd got up to in the past that, I mean, if you hadn't sort of followed it for years, you wouldn't have seen and just how consumers could be hurt and how big companies can sometimes get away with it. Mm. And I think it just made me um, more wary as a consumer and just like make sure you're reading the fine print and you're not getting sold into a product that's not right for you. And I just found it very interesting post-Royal Commission to really see the background. And she was, Adele was a big pusher for the Royal Commission. And so she has a really good insight, firsthand insight into whole the whole process over the last decades. So if you're interested at all just to be about our Australian economy and banking system, I thought that was a very interesting and uh, cool. eye-opening read. <laughs> I haven't actually read it. So great. Good there's stuff. quite a few. There's another, like, there's about five or six books specifically about the Banking Royal Commission and their behaviour in the lead-up that were published in sort of that year or the year before, like 2018, 2019, 2020. Hmm. Okay, cool. So Adele Ferguson... She also did the, I think it was a retail food group. Game yeah, she kind I, of un- I heard about her on, um, she was on a podcast, one of the invest. was it Farm, not Farnham Street, what am I saying? That Australian one. Not uh, um, Livewire? No, no. Not the Australian Investors Podcast, Kate, I haven't interviewed her. <laughs> no, maybe you should. Not Equity Mates? Uh, no, not it was a, another yeah. one that. Um, Jolly Swagman? Yes, Jolly Swagman, okay, she was yeah. on that. Joe thought- Walker, the mighty Joe Walker. Yep. Yes, yeah, so that was a, a really good episode, but she's, Pretty cool woman. But yeah. she's had to deal with a lot of death threats and all sorts of things because of the investigative work she's done in Australia. Cool. Not cool, but... <laughs> well, I mean, like, good on her for yeah, sticking it to them. That, she has the stuck cool through bit. it. Not but... the death threats. No one should ever get that. No. Okay, well, that's great. You did it one minute, 34.7 seconds. So that is good. We should be adding these up. But anyway, we will move on. So It's not a competition. It's always a competition. It's always a competition. <laughs> So, um, okay, so number three for Mr. Rask. Here we go. My number three is factfulness. I feel like I did this one last year when we did this. So view the world with optimism. So factfulness comes from Hans Rosling, who has the late Hans Rosling, who passed away quite a few years ago now, and he finished the book. Actually, I shouldn't say. But anyway, he finished the book, and it's a tremendous book, and his legacy will live on for forever. There's some fantastic YouTube videos of him talking um, just about his research and what he found working in, you know, some of the poorest places in the world. And basically, he set up this thing with his family called Gapminder. And our mission is to fight devastating ignorance with a fact-based worldview everyone can understand. Gapminder identifies systematic misconceptions about important global trends and proportions and uses reliable data to develop easy-to-understand teaching materials to rid people of their misconceptions. And so this is a wonderful book. Factfulness is a wonderful book. Gapminder is a wonderful website. If there's one book you read in your life, I feel like it should be this one. And the reason for that is that it sets you up to live your life with optimism. Even if, no matter what happens, you will view the world in a better frame of mind if you read this book. And I think this is one of those books that is kind of profound, that you come across every now and again. It's easy to read and it tests you as you go. So it starts with the very test that Hans Rosling used to give to politicians, to journalists, to doctors, to lawyers, to people on the street, to everyone. And it tests your knowledge of the big important things in the world, like poverty, inequality, women's rights, 
childhood education, all of these different things. And it teaches you to live your life with optimism because over the very long term, the world is getting better. And that's kind of the legacy that Hans Rosling left through Gapminder and also through the book Factfulness. Top of Bill Gates reading list for a very long time. I'll leave it there. One minute 55. <laughs> there you go, Owen. You're fulfilling your goals Come for on, today. People, get behind it. Factfulness. All right. All right. Um, well, you are. my next book is a newer one. I think it was only released at the end of last year, but it's called How I Invest My Money. And it's edited by two guys, Joshua Brown and Brian Portnoy. It's in the US, but it's a collection from 25 financial experts. And one of them is Morgan Housel on just how they personally invest their money. And it's not telling you the minutiae, I invest in XYZ stock, but it's about how they they and their family approach investing as a whole and putting money aside for emergencies and how they spend money to like best allocate their resources and give them more time and freedom. And I think it's a really good read because it shows you some of the emotions behind the decision. And normally experts will just tell you XYZ, but they won't tell you what they personally do. And a lot of the time it's because, well, that would probably be financial advice or it wouldn't be relevant in your scenario. But I think because money is so personal and there's so much emotion tied up in all the decisions we make, it's really interesting to sort of have a look at how the experts view their own personal finances um, in a more holistic way. And I think, um, yeah, you might really enjoy it. 25 different perspectives. I think they're all US though, but that's most of the amazing finance books. This is US. Josh Brown, as in the Josh Brown from D- um, the Reform Broker. I think so. Yeah, they're all big, and Carl Richards, and yeah, there's cool. a whole heap of big names involved in that project. There's some amazing books. Like just keeping your eye on the finance Twitter world, you hear about all of these great books coming out, and um, one of the big publishing houses that does pretty much all finance books and business books is called Harriman House. Yeah. We don't really have anything like that in Australia, Major Street maybe, but they, um, yeah, keep an eye on them because they publish a lot of amazing books by some great spokespeople over there. Cool. Like it. And that's a book I have never come across. So how I invest my money. I do like Josh Brown's stuff. He's a bit of a larrikin, like they, a lot of them are at um, Ritholtz Wealth Management. But um, yeah, super cool. So my number four I'm going to keep it homegrown. Let's bring it back to Australia. Three, two, one. So budgets don't work, Melissa Brown. The headline is budgets don't work, but this does. We've had Mel Brown on the show. I think we interviewed her when this book went live, uh, particularly. Um, A while ago now. Yeah, a while ago it seems. I think that was COVID times Mm. back in the day. So the key thing, and we were talking about this the other day, we're talking about personality tests and all the different types of personality tests. And... I mean, I didn't always agree with the personality test per se, just as at large, but in this book, she she changed her attacked from all of the other books that she's written, in my opinion. This book changed it from, this is a budget strategy, here's what you should follow, to if you are this type of person, this is how you should go about thinking and learning about money. And that totally changed the game. So she, I think she identified five or six different personality types and you could align with the one that you know, suits you most and you could use some of those strategies. It's not to say you don't use the other strategies from the other personality types, but you choose the one that tends to be, in Mel's experience, being a financial advisor in a former life, but also speaking with people that kind of works for those types of people. And I think that's a much better way, less blunt way to go about uh, learning about money and understanding yourself as well. So that's called Budgets Don't Work and it's by Mel Brown. She's Australian and she has plenty of other books like More Money for Shoes and 
What was the other one? Uh, and if your finances yes. were politically correct around here. So that's it. Mel Brown. She's, um, a, she's a good follower on Instagram as well because she does approach money with a much more down-to-earth yeah. view and she's I totally think she breaks it. everything down and you never feel like she's above you or condescending in any way. So I think she's she's a great person to have in your uh, financial orbit. Yeah, I think she's great. And speaking of great... Speaking of local greatness, I think we might have someone, the author of this final book, who may actually listen to the occasional podcast as well. So no pressure, Kate. I'll hand it over to you for lucky number five. This is would be number nine overall. I'm interested in your pick and so are listeners. Yes. Three, two, one. Here we go, Kate Campbell. <laughs> so my final pick is Shareplicity by Danielle Ecuva. And she's a fairly new Australian author. She had a brand new book come out last year after decades in the wealth management industry. And it's one of the few books I know in Australia that just focus on share investing. It doesn't talk most of the personal finance books come out, we'll talk about everything from praying off credit cards to getting ETS, and they just cover so much ground that they can't go into much detail. But her book is specifically about share investing in Australia. And so she has case studies and goes into detail and talks about trends and all sorts of different things to look at if you're interested in share investing. And I think if you've ever done one of Owen's share investing courses, it would be a great companion to this, a different perspective. And, um, yeah, she looks at the macro and microeconomic trends. I actually um, met her for the first time when I did my – I interviewed her for my other podcast, the How To Money podcast. Mm. And she's actually got – the first book did so well last year and it's fit a really needed niche, I think, in the industry that she has Shareplicity 2 coming out, I think, in a month or two. And it's all about investing in US stocks. And she breaks down some case studies of the research process and – all the different numbers to look at. So I think, um, yeah, she's listened to some of the podcasts she's done. She's been interviewed a few times. She's really good value. She's on Twitter too. Yes, she is. And I think she'd be someone to follow and have in your orbit as well. Cool. That is Danielle Ekuva. And she's Australian. One minute, say 33 for you there, Kate. Well done, well done, well done. Danielle, if you are listening, send us an email. We'd love to have you on the show. You can tell us all about your new book. You can tell all of our listeners about your new book as well and some of the strategies for investing. So shareplicity.com.au is our website. In the meantime, Danielle, looking forward to hearing from you. So my lucky number five, that takes it up to 10, double digits. I'm going to get heaps of points here. The crowd's going to go wild when I give you this, when I drop this nugget. No one's ever heard of this book. Uh, it's so exclusive. It's so exclusive. You can't find it at any gonna, bookstore or department rare. store. This is rare. Three, two, one. It is, drum roll please, The Barefoot Investor. <laughs> so Scott Pape, Mr. Pape, if you're listening, well done on your book. You don't need me to tell you that, mate. It was great. So The Barefoot Investor is kind of the book in Australia on money. And, and the Barefoot Investor for Kids. Barefoot Investor for Kids, also incredibly like popular. Even if it was just that book that he wrote, he would still be one of the best sellers in Australia by a long way. Um, he but still tops every, every book bloody selling tar. list at yeah. all the major sellers, Amazon. It's just it's crazy. Amazing. To think how many books this, you know, how many books he sold in Australia compared to Morgan Housel, who is absolutely on fire globally. I mean, eventually Morgan's probably going to sell more of his book just simply because the market is 99% bigger. But the barefoot investor, 
a brilliant book and it's so easy to give to a friend or a family member. I think if I ever wrote a book. Sold over 1.43 million I think it's sold even more than that now. When was that from? Harold's son, February this year. February 20th. And the family book has sold over 250,000. Incredible stuff. That's tremendous. Changed the lives of millions of people. Total his books in over 2 million people's hands. That's amazing. That is unreal when you think about it. Just totally out of, I think... I think I heard anecdotally that he was targeting thirty to 50,000 copies and look at it now. That's incredible and all power to him, what he's done with his personal brand, his business beforehand and now with financial counseling and what he's done. So why would you read the Barefoot Investor book and why would you give it to someone else? It's pretty simple. You would give it to someone else who doesn't really like finance. It sparks the conversation yeah. in an easy down-to-earth way. I think everybody can understand bits and pieces of his book and and it's brilliant. So if I was ever to write a book, I'd write it just like Scott. I'd be Ocker. I'd be try to be funny and just be down to earth. Yep. So that's me. And that's Barefoot Investor book. Um, that's 10 books for you. I was over two minutes. So that makes me the slowest. Kate, you've got five great books there. We'll put all the show notes in. I've got five books. I'm also just going to give a shout out. We've got it in after the 10. We've also got Rask's Money Guide, Lols. I don't know who did that in black brackets with an exclamation mark. <laughs> Everything in the way we budget. I don't know who did this note. It looks like me on a late night. But basically, we've got a, a guide, a money guide. It's available in Rask Education, which is basically what I wrote years ago. Instead of writing a book, I made wrote a course, a course. Yep. that people could take online and test themselves as they go. So you can check that out online. It used to be $39. Now it's free. So check that out. But Kate, there's bigger news because if you have dialed in for this episode, there's a very special announcement that we have to make on the back end of this, which is... Really, really fun. So what are we going to do? So in the spirit of books, because we all love books, we're going to give away a copy of each of those 10 books that we mentioned today. So hopefully by the time this episode goes live, I have actually purchased (laughs) copies of all of those books. And um, so if you're on, follow us on Instagram, if you follow us in the Facebook community, we'll put some posts up and telling you how to get involved. We're not going to make it really complicated giveaway. We're not going to say you have to follow 10 different accounts. Yeah, something like um, that. Write a speech, but um, we'll publish that um, when this episode goes live on social media and in the Facebook community so you can see how to get involved there and get yourselves a copy of one of these 10 amazing books. And we're going to do a little cheeky little thing on the inside of the cover if Kate and I can bring ourselves to be so creative, <laughs> we're going to do something fun on the inside of the cover. So if you get a copy of these books, it won't just be any. It won't be any other, you know, Barefoot Investor book. It won't be just a normal Barefoot Investor book. It won't be a normal Psychology of Money book. It won't be just another Annie Duke, How to Decide. This would be an extra special copy from the Australian Finance Podcast team. Yes. And we would love for you to win the book. Cost you nothing. It's just going to be on social media, a bit of a giveaway, a bit of... Uh, and attempt to try and get everyone involved and hopefully you can read the book, get a lot from it, take your notes and then hand it on to someone else that's in need of something like this and might benefit from it. And it only sometimes it only takes one book to sort of spark a massive change in your life. So I think books have a lot of power. And these books that we've chosen are because we find them interesting. Like they're interesting books. Yeah. We haven't chosen something crazy like... Zen and the Arts of Motorcycle Maintenance or some crazy complicated... <laughs> Wasn't that one of your favourite? Allegory on allegory on allegory. This is just books. Solilo- Straightforward. That's the word we need to learn today's podcast. Soliloquy. Kate used that word before and we're trying to figure out what it meant. Yeah, so these are just really down-to-earth books, uh, really good actionable tips in there. So if you do want one, you've got to be 
just try and follow us. You don't have to follow us for the whole time, but follow us on social media and then you'll know when it goes live. And once we've got the books, we'll be sending them out to you via post. Cool. Kate, great episode. We managed to get this done, this episode, under 27 minutes with a bit of change. What a record for us. We are getting quick. We need to slow it down. Good thing. Yeah, slow it down. Oh, people can get on with their day. Yeah, that's it. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. We both hope you enjoyed this episode. It was a bit of fun. Um, Be sure to keep an eye out for that book giveaway on Insta or Facebook. Kate, thanks for joining me as always. Good to be here on. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast, where our mission is to improve the financial futures of all Australians. If you'd like to learn more, create a free account at rusk.com.au forward slash account to download free episode workbooks, bonus resources, and take our amazing free personal finance courses. You can also join our online community by following the link in the description. If you enjoyed the show, what we'd love is for you to leave us a snappy review on iTunes. And you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Rask Australia. Kate and I are also on both of those channels. Finally, if you have any feedback, suggestions for episodes or guests to come on the show, or you just have a question for us, shoot us an email at podcast at rask.com.au. Are you thinking about starting your wealth creating journey, but not sure where to put your hard earned dollars? InvestSmart can help. InvestSmart offers a free quiz that makes it easy to find the right InvestSmart ETF portfolio to help you reach your goals. Just visit investsmart.com.au and hit get started. Answer a few simple questions about your goals and how much you want to invest and you'll get a tailored statement of advice with a portfolio recommendation. You can visit investsmart.com.au for a no obligations free statement of advice. This ad is brought to you by InvestSmart Advice, AFSL 334107. For more than a decade, I've been hunting for the best investors and their methods, strategies, and tools for investing. After years in the industry, countless books, a few degrees, and 1,000 podcasts and live shows, I've rolled this accumulated knowledge into something called Rask Invest. If you've ever heard me talk about a core and a satellite, active and passive, true long-term compounding, or you simply want to know exactly how I would invest... Now is your chance. Rask Invest is our new investment service, designed for all types of investors who want professional management of their core portfolio at a low cost from a team they trust. Rask Invest helps you automate your wealth creation and passive income. Simply click the link that says Invest with Owen in your podcast player to join one of our live platform walkthroughs or book a call with us. You can also view the Rask Invest PDS and TMD and get invested with me.